part of the Press Play Podcast Network. We are back. We are back. This yes, is sir. the Ball Card Show, the sports podcast. For the sports collector. I'm Jason Otero. I'm Gary Lamaster. And as always, we are brought to you by the Press Play Podcast Network. Well, we were gone for a while and then we came back. We did. You uh, you were gone on a fun little uh, trip out to the desert, played the nice little PGA Tour oh, yeah. course, shot a solid 110, which you actually felt good about. <laughs> Considering how much I've been playing, yeah, I was very <laughs> happy. It uh, Well, and you were playing with guys who don't mess around. There's no mulligans. There's no uh, foot wedge. It's, no, it's you have legit. one breakfast bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got on to the go first to tee. Mesquite, Nevada and play uh, Wolf Creek. And Falcon Ridge, and then what's the other one called? Conestoga? I think I'm mispronouncing that. All but I know is you were sending me pictures, and I was jealous as hell. It was so gorgeous and so difficult. Yes. Like, <laughs> the, the one picture you showed me, the tee shot was, like, an elevated tee shot that had, like, 220 carry over just a to get over a canyon. So yeah. you're either in the canyon or you're in play. Yeah. Um, and then no you could, what you found out is you could clear the canyon and be out of play. That's that's what happened oh, a lot yeah. of times. So, uh, but that was a lot of fun, and then we had a lot going on last week. So we're back, and we're ready to talk to your ear holes. the The good news is, is as we were planning this episode, we realized that we probably didn't miss a lot of content for you guys over the last couple of weeks. There just Not hasn't a been a lot happening hobby wise. No, there I mean, really hasn't. There just hasn't been. So I guess you could turn this off now because there's nothing to talk about. Oh, no, we're still going to talk no. about things. We you did, may or may not be entertained by them, but here's the we're going to do it. For as much non-content blabbering as we do, we actually had complaints about a 30-minute episode. Did we? I didn't <laughs> catch those. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, I know when I'm listening to podcasts and I'm used to a 45-minute or 60-minute I will plan, like, this is what I'm going to listen to on this drive. Yeah. And then I'm halfway through the drive and it's done. It's like, that sucked. Well, maybe that's maybe that's what it was. But uh, it's good to know that people really want it that bad. <laughs> so just Our wives your, don't want to hear us that bad. Just for your listening pleasure, we're going we're gonna to fill time. Like, we're done so far for two minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. That is impressive. And I think it's been reasonably entertaining two minutes and 40 seconds. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do have two releases I want to talk about. Okay. One that I would consider, that was an unnecessary move of my cord, and it, it was, didn't benefit it was, anything. It was bothering me. Well, you bother me. Fair. Existing. Uh, wow, that's aggressive. That hurt my feelings. If I could pick you up and throw you in a well. It's both of our birthday weeks, and you're being mean to me. Yeah, it is. Bias things, people. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> Lavishly pour gifts upon us. Um. I'm going to go ahead and say this, and it probably isn't a popular opinion. Okay. So Mosaic Football released. I, to this day, believe Mosaic is still the most overrated and overhyped uh, Panini product to be released in the last five years. Ooh. I don't understand why people like it as much as they do. There was all this talk about it being this limited run, this short. No, it's not. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. How are those base rookies holding up compared to a Don It's everywhere. Um. They'd sell better than Donruss. A little bit. Yeah. A little uh, bit. So here's the thing with, I think the reason people like Mosaic is twofold. One, the design really does look nice. Uh, 
there are lots of parallels to Chase that are not expensive. And there's still big stuff that you can hit. I think that's the, it's a chromium card. It's a shiny card that's not as crazy expensive as Prism. And there's good value there if you. What's the difference between a hobby box of Prism versus Mosaic? Where's Mosaic at? Between six to 800? Uh, no, Mosaic this year's like four. Oh, that's better. 450. And Prism isn't come, hasn't come out, but Prism last year was about eight. Yeah. The year before it was like stupid 13. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would agree that they're pretty cards, but I also feel like sometimes these parallels get so carried away and they actually just clash like crazy. Sometimes, but I'll tell you what, the stained glass design this year is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It may be one of the best looking inserts that Panini has ever made. Maybe It's a beautiful, beautiful design. Maybe this is a better way of saying it. I don't want to open a product that's 90% inserts and parallels. Uh, I'd say it's more like 40%. You understand what I'm saying. I'm with you. Like, um, it's just a super washed out. So like you can get excited if you go to a dollar box, you start flipping through and you start seeing color you're like, Oh, here's, Oh, it's uh 50 parallels of pink camo base rookies that are defensive players. Yeah. That's why Um, you put them in your 50 cent box and people buy them. Yes, you would think so. However, recently, and we'll dive into this a little bit more. People have been crazy with their pricing on this stuff. Um, well, yeah, people are crazy. out of out of touch. Well, that's a parallel. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's really that's cool. Nice. That's nice. It's not worth. It's what still you a fifty cent card. So, <clears throat> yeah, Mosaic football is out um, now. Being a Dolphins fan, there's always like some type of orange variation, so you can have some cool stuff there, but. Help me understand how Mosaic is achieving what Phoenix has already not achieved. So part of that is just market perception at the end of the day. I just mean visually. Well, Don't we already have that product in Phoenix? To an extent, but not really. Um, I think that Phoenix is a super underrated product, but it is what it is. Like Phoenix, I think they go too far because you're going to pull a lot of numbered stuff out of a Phoenix hobby box, but there's just a lot of numbered stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it loses its, if every third pack has a numbered card in it, it loses the excitement that, that dopamine dump that we get. Yeah. That little gambling itch that gets scratched when we, when we hit something big, like then two packs later, it's and you're like, Oh, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. I guess so. They do good insert sets for like Hall of Famers. I do like that. Um, I think they should take a note out of the playbook of you're gonna be so shocked to hear me bring this up again. The top current platinum anniversary, <laughs> where the vet parallels that they put in there have really cool pictures. Um, I'd like to see more of that. Um, I don't disagree. I think the focus with Mosaic is more about the card design than the pictures on the card itself. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Mosaic is out. Um, do you buy much retail of that? I know you used to buy quite a bit. Um, I, I don't. I've, I've actually this year, for the most part, I don't rip much that isn't Bowman. I've ripped six megas of mosaic football 
and I've done really, really well. I got both case hits and a Genesis. Uh, so I probably won't rip anymore because I can't imagine that I won't just balance myself out and come back to being even instead of ahead. So uh, it's one of those products that as time goes on, depending, like this weekend, uh, I went to a card show to buy and I bought a ton of Mosaic, but it's 2021. Yeah. Because I got it right. Yeah. Um, I bought a ton of 2021 Prism because I got it right. That means cheap enough. Right. Yeah. Because he didn't get it wrong. Correct. That was really cool how you said it like that. Did you like that? Yeah. Say it like that all the time. Okay. Um, another release, and this is this gets me a little bit excited about the hobby and Fanatics, who has cornered the market and is doing everything. Uh, first off, they're taking over the world. Uh, last week, we hung out with a buddy we of did. ours. Uh, he's been on the podcast, Drew. Um, he is quite the gambler. And so much so that Fanatics... He has his own personal concierge. He has VIP concierge. And so we got to hang out with the Fanatics reps for uh, VIP uh, in Central Ohio. Got to go to the sports book, check that out. It was really, really cool. Um, it's just unreal what they're doing with the sport experience, fans, gambling, and the hobby, all that. But there's a new release um, at Lids. It's a collaboration with Topps Chrome and uh, Mitchell and Ness, who... If you buy any like cool jerseys, especially the throwback stuff, Mitchell and Ness is a huge brand uh, with the apparel collectibles, um, especially if you like the old vintage color waves and stuff like right. that. But they release these packs that you're supposed to buy a certain hat and then you get packs with it. There's back and forth. Some stores are apparently selling the packs outright. Um, and there's like low numbered parallels of rookies in yes. there. Um, and it's like a very limited run compared to, you know, anything Everything that would else. hit retail right. everywhere else. So, I want to get my hands on a couple packs of this. I think it's pretty I, cool. I agree completely. And I think that we should try to to catch that when we can. So they're saying that they're, people are getting them for like six bucks a pop. Well, um, I'll buy as many as they have if they <laughs> yeah. want to sell them for that. Yeah. I I would buy several of those as well. I'd do, buy a hundred of them if they had them. Do you think that this is something that you hang on to like a sparkle pack? Like because it has no so you're just ripping all of them because there could be cool stuff in it correct yeah uh what what was the hat that so it was just a random mitchell and ness or was it a certain line that was a collab with it was it's mlb hats okay uh and they there's some really cool ones the reds one looks really good i want that one they did an expos one and a mariners one that both looked really nice too mm -hmm. yeah i'm a sucker for old expo stuff i just think that old Expos logo was so clean and so cool. You know, there was a little while where the Expos played in Puerto Rico, and my dad got me a Puerto Rico Expos jersey. It had my name on it. It was pretty sweet. Speaking of your dad. He is, oh boy, here he is. He's pumped right now. He's turning the volume he up. Got, he got spicy with me this week. Uh, he After both the Niners and the Eagles lost their games, he, as a Dolphins fan, posted about now the Dolphins are still the only undefeated team ever. And I responded with 19 and 1 is better than 17 and 0, referring to the Patriots. And he responded by basically saying that Zach Wilson is better than me. And he's right, but it hurt my feelings yeah. really bad. You know who else is better than you? Davis Mills. 
Yes. Oh, and he's also better than Zach Wilson. You know who else is better but than you? hurt my feelings. How far do you want to go with this? Oh, there's a long ways to go, especially at this point in life. You know, here's the thing. I know that you're trying to trigger me right now, even bringing up this conversation <laughs> that you had with my dad. Um, but we don't know what would have happened if Miami would have played 20 games. We don't. Um, but right, we, we do don't. know that everything that was handed to him that year, they won. Yep, and the Patriots were 19-0 and at one point, so that was better than 17-0. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out, that there was a playoff game deep into the playoffs. I think it was against the Ravens where Brady's – point of gain was stopped at the one yard line on a goal line fourth and goal I believe it was yet they did not blow the whistle and then he bounced back outside and scored so I'm not <laughs> saying that I watched that intently I'm not saying so this is back in the preacher day so I'm not saying that my wife and I we did crack open the uh, acceptable um, New Year's Eve Welch's sparkling <laughs> grape juice <laughs> And sent videos to all our Patriot friends of us splashing that around our rental. Oh, um, that's hilarious. Like we had won something, but we hadn't. My wife is that not That was the a, Seaman days, wasn't it? Seaman, Ohio? No, it was Circleville. Oh, and I thought, I'm glad that you okay. made everyone uncomfortable with that. <laughs> so um, she's not even a Dolphins fan, but she hates Tom Brady probably more than anyone I know. That's my wife. No, my yeah. wife loathes Tom Brady. Yeah. Deeply and on a personal level. So that... That was celebrated by us. But let's keep going. Fanatics down that rabbit hole. Fanatics Panini, we don't have much of an update. You're you're sharing with me that you're just anticipating bankruptcy coming at some From point. Panini America, I think they're down to like six or seven million dollars in cash, which sounds like a lot of money, but for a company that size, that is not yeah. much operating capital at all. Right. Um, so with that in mind, one of the things we were talking about today was redemption. So if you have a redemption right now, whether it is a big name or a small name, you need to be thinking ahead. Try to, if you've got a big redemption, see if you can get a white box. If you've got a no-name redemption, see if you can get some sparkle packs. I know guys that are getting multiple sparkle packs for like 5 to $8 redemptions. Yeah. So those of you that are a little newer to the hobby or maybe you don't rip a lot of stuff, you just collect. When we talk about redemptions... Um, just different products have a redemption, which means they have a card that they don't, you, you typically they just don't have the auto for it yet. Um, Correct. And so you'll get a card that says, this is good for this. You'll send this in and we will get this to you eventually. Sometimes eight, uh, nine, 10 years. Later. It has been sometimes 10 years while people are waiting on stuff. And you can imagine if you hit a first round draft pick and that card would be worth a lot of money and then they blow their knee out the second year and you get that card five years later, that's an insult. Or there's Zach Wilson. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> You know, I haven't even brought up. I haven't brought up Tua. I haven't brought up the Dolphins, and you've already gone into Zach Wilson twice. And all they've been doing the last couple of weeks is winning. So anyway, but what I was trying to say about the redemptions is, um, if you get those open up, so let's say you have a Panini redemption, which they're notorious for taking forever. You have a little bit of latitude sometimes to say, hey, instead of this redemption, is there anything else you can do? I've been waiting a while on this. And rumor has it that they're actually giving out pretty sweet um, um, sealed stuff in reply to like cheap redemptions that they know they're not going to be able to fulfill, right? Correct. So you had some friends that were talking about it. What were they able to get? So they were able to get sparkle packs. I think right now it's mosaic sparkle packs. Mm -hmm. um, but those packs sell for 75 to 80 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that I got some replacements last year and i got sparkle packs for them 
and the cards that I got replacements were twenty twenty five dollar cards, and I got three sparkle packs. I sold them all for eighty bucks a piece. Yeah, I got sparkle packs. I can't remember if it was like a back in the early Facebook days for me. Stacks were the big thing. So oh yeah, you don't see it much anymore because people just realize they're getting completely ripped off. There oh. used to be decent stacks out there. I used to run really good stacks, but. Yeah. Um, I remember back in the day, so the way it would work would be like $3 a card, and there's chasers in the stack of cards, there's 50 cards in here, blah, blah, blah. But I remember there were some where I was getting like Sapphire rookies out of it I was for I like was two, three stacks, bucks a pull. <laughs> I was doing stacks that people realized were so good that usually within the first 20 minutes, somebody would come in and be like, I want all the cards in a box because then I get all the chasers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great deal for everybody. I got all the money I wanted, and I didn't have to sit there for three hours doing it. They got all the chasers and all the cards. Everybody won. Yeah. Now we have what's called a repack, which is another way of playing stacks. <laughs> to an extent, it is, except you don't get even any base stuff. You just... Right. You're getting hits, but they've done the math on it. They know exactly where those margins lie, and they're the house, and you're not going to win. Correct. Uh, unless you just, like get one box and get lucky. Correct. Um, my point was I ripped one of those and uh, it ended up being Panini Baseball. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah, so I didn't even I didn't even hit anybody in that. Um, NFL-wise, a couple interesting things happening. We're going to run through that together if that's all right with you. Let's go. Um, the Jets are winning, question mark? Oh, they won two games. The, the game One was pretty impressive. Yeah, the game this week. That So here's the thing I will say. Their defense. That defense yeah. is legit. Yes. And Can you imagine if they had Aaron Rodgers? Well, so here's what's crazy. Did you see Aaron Rodgers on the field without crutches throwing before the game? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem crazy that he might be back in week 15. Oh, my 15. Gosh, that would be nuts. 14, and if they're at the edge of the playoff race and he comes back and can push them in. I don't see that happening. That defense is so good that they're going to be in games because they're not. other teams um, aren't going to score. Yeah, because Philly scores. Well, yeah, Philly scores. And listen, this is how good that defense is. The, the Jets did not have their two best corners in that game, and they still picked off Jalen Hurts three times. Yeah. Or four times. Three or four times. Uh and like that, that defense is the real deal. Yeah. So that defense will keep them in games. Mm -hmm. I will say this for Zach Wilson, the last two weeks, he has not been a train wreck. He hasn't been good, but he hasn't been horrific. Yeah. Um, I still don't see a future where Zach Wilson is a functional starting full-time NFL quarterback that you can count on, but he may this year make himself into a long-term functional backup mm. in the league. Yeah. Uh, this week was pretty impressive. The week before that, the Denver Broncos, who so bad. have just been getting rocked all year. And it, it made me bring this question up to you a little bit ago. You know, is Russell Wilson the most disliked player in the league right now? And how did this happen? Because it wasn't that long ago that everyone has some respect on his name, if you will. Well, um, fans did. I don't think his teammates have for a long apparently time. Apparently, ever. <laughs> but here's here's the reality. It's true in all fields of the of life, not just sports. Oh, but really hey, hold true. on, everybody. We're getting some all wisdom. fields of life. Write it down. Here it comes. If you are performing at a high level, lots of things can be forgiven. 
I mean, that's just the reality. If you're performing at a high level, people are going to ignore all of your warts. Well, but that's true and not true because you were just pointing out to me his QBR is better than Mahomes right now. This year. Yes. But He's performing I, at that level, and people are not forgiving him. Well, him. the team is really bad. Sure. So he's not helping the team win, and he's in year two in Denver, a team that gave up their entire future for yeah, him, yeah. and he's not leading them to wins. Individual performance without wins in the NFL if you're a quarterback, how much I – mean, I think Justin Herbert skill-wise – If is, you haven't signed that contract, it means a lot more. Now that he's already signed it, it's yeah. like just put up or shut up. Yeah. But I think that put up let – let me say that again. From what I understand, people just want him to shut up. Well, yeah. When he went to Denver, I, I think a lot of the things that were behind the scenes in Seattle came to the forefront in Denver because Pete Carroll wasn't there to keep it from happening. So he likes he did all those Broncos country let's ride where he just looks like a jackass. Like if you're going to do that stuff, you better come out and be first team all pro and win games. Yeah. And he hasn't done either. Yeah. uh, And it looks like Denver's in fire sale mode. Yeah. Their two best pass rushers gone. It sounds like Jerry Judy's on the block. Yeah. It would not shock me. This is a hobby play here, guys. It would not shock me in any way, shape or form. If Sean Payton benches Russell Wilson oh my just to see whether Jarrett Stidham can be a guy. Yeah. Because they're not making the playoffs. What are you fighting for at this point? You might as well see what's there. And if the Jets come calling for a quarterback, it would not shock me if Russell Wilson gets shipped out. Now, do I think that can happen? Probably not because Denver would have to eat a lot of the contract from a cap yeah. standpoint. Um, but it would not shock me to see Jarrett Stidham get on the field now listen last year Jarrett Stidham got on the field and played pretty well and his cards quintupled in value overnight they're cheap again if he gets on the field and plays pretty well guess what they're going to do again they're going to spike and you can get them real cheap mm-hmm. maybe not the worst play in the world uh drilling down a little deeper into how people feel about him did you see the Shannon Sharp interview with Marshawn Lynch oh it's brutal now, one thing I love about Marshawn Lynch is you never have to wonder what he's thinking. Nope, never have. Unless what? unless you want to ask him a question during pro week. Was oh, yeah. That? Well, he wasn't I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yes. Well, so Russell, a lot of people don't realize this. Russell Wilson had a TV show on on uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook Watch. Okay. So it was a reality show, oh, and gosh. it was amazing. It was, Russ, it, was, it was Marshawn Lynch doing all kinds of weird things stuff that's right it was amazing i forgot about that it was so good yeah he's hilarious but yeah you're right he did this interview with shannon sharp and he just opened took the band-aid off and just let it, it fly. apparently russell wilson has talked about this bond he has with people and he's not quite perceived the way he delusional and here's what's weird is <sighs> It's like a Tim Tebow vibe with less self-awareness. Yeah, I think Tim, Tim Tebow's Tebow, self-aware. He's self-aware. He's like, not this isn't for everybody, but this is exactly who I am, and I'm actually this nice guy all the time. Yeah. Russell Wilson, you wonder. It seems real fake. Or like a lot of effort, like trying real hard. Like, yeah, the one, The one <laughs> I could not forget was when they, I think I, I don't remember if we talked about this in the last episode or not, but when he talked about the London flight, the London game, 
And they're like, what were you doing? I mean, it's a long flight. Were you jet lagged? Blah, blah. He's like, no, I was just like doing lunges up and down the aisle, staying loose. You know what everybody else was doing? Playing cards and for sleeping. 500 yeah. bucks a hand and drinking beers on the plane. What the, So the story that Marshawn Lynch told in that interview with Shannon Sharp that to me epitomized the Russell Wilson conundrum. Russell Wilson had had a rough game. And Marshawn, being by all accounts a really good teammate, yeah, s- didn't have his phone number. So he reaches out to the PR guy for the team and says, "Hey, can I get Russ's phone number? I want to reach out to him. Let him know I have his back." Yeah. And the guy goes, "Yeah, hold on, I'll call you back with it." He calls him back in a few minutes and goes, "Hey, Russ will call you." So Russ didn't want to give him his number. <laughs> he said he'll call you. So then about a half hour later, Marshawn gets a call from PR. Hey, did Russ call you? He goes. No, he said, the only call I got was from an unknown number. He goes, oh, that was Russ. He blocks his number. So Russ doesn't want his teammates to have his phone number. (laughs) And then he gets on the phone with Russ. He calls him again. Russ calls him. He gets on the phone with him. He's trying to explain to him, hey, man, I got your back. You know, I know you're going to have my – Russell was offended. Yeah. He was upset with Marshawn Lynch for assuming that he felt bad that he had a bad game. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, if you're a quarterback, if you're a young kid that's a quarterback and you're listening to this podcast it's probably not you but if it is if you have a bad game you should feel bad yeah and you should feel good when your teammates have your back and you should have their back back you should not after a bad game be like well that wasn't my fault why are you calling me telling me like that encapsulated the whole russell wilson and you've heard richard sherman talk about russell wilson in not glowing terms right um so pete carroll really did have that so from what i've heard just and other players players talk about just how much of a players coach he is. Although Marshawn talked about Pete Carroll, he was like, Listen, he had some words about that. that he didn't Super hate Bowl. Pete, but he uh, like yeah, the Super Bowl. He came off the sideline, took his helmet, and went right in Pete's face and laughed at him. And then <laughs> he talked about how Pete's a real raw raw guy. But he and Pete had an understanding going back to Pete being a players coach. Like Marshawn was like, Listen, man, like I'm going to come to this meeting, but if we're not talking about things that apply to me, I'm mm-hmm. I'm bouncing. I'm out. Yeah, like I'm not. Yeah, I'm prepared. I'm ready to do my thing, but I'm not. Yeah, this. So, yeah, it's the, worth going to listen to that interview if you haven't. Yeah, and and back to Russell, he's probably pretty cheap right now. I haven't looked this stuff up, but you know, it, it's not as cheap as you would think. Yeah, it's not as high as it was three years ago. Yeah, but three years ago it was going nuts. It's not as cheap as you would think. Like a PSA 10 X Fractor rookie is still a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and and I mean the reality of it is is that. I still think Russell Wilson's a borderline Hall of Famer. I would agree. Um, and like you said, like you look at his stats this year, just overall, he's thrown more touchdown passes than Mahomes. He has fewer interceptions than Mahomes. His completion percentage is higher. Uh, and he's got a higher QB rating. Mm-hmm. They're just one and five, and the Chiefs are five and one. Yeah. But there's this underwhelming feeling from a lot of people of like, just stop talking. Yeah. Sh- shut up. Yeah. Just, just shut up. Shut up and play. Shut up yeah. and dribble. You know, that that whole vibe from the, all the armchair quarterbacks. Uh, but it's interesting to see that. I agree with you on the Jets. It makes me a little nervous because I think they could spoil one for the for the Dolphins this year for sure. Um, let's talk just a few things that are happening NFL-wise. Okay. Um, injuries and all that. Uh, out of a situation that we're not surprised with because we talked about this, something that you've wanted for a long time is going to happen, and that is – uh, Richardson is out with an injury, and Minshew 
is in for what appears to be the remainder of the season. He's it, never it's not had. Appears to be Richardson is on IR now. He's getting shoulder surgery. Minshew has to stay in that role to see him, but I I think he's going to get a season of play. Yeah. So first, let me clarify. I never want Anthony Richardson to get hurt. I agree. Yep. Me Anthony me. Richardson seems like a really great kid, and I hope he's successful. I Did think you he... see him show up at some fan's house for their birthday and just say hi to him? No, but that's cool. It was really like he, he was in a sling and he just showed up to their house. Yeah. And was like, hey, what's up? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, he, he just seems like a really good kid. I hope that he is successful long term. I have serious doubts about his ability to be accurate with a football. Now, that being said, Gardner Minshew can play and he's fun. And if they can win some games with him there, get your Gardner Minshew stuff out and be ready with it because it's it's going to be a fun ride. Now, is he going to make some mistakes and some boneheaded plays? Yes. But is he also going to do some things that make you go, holy crap, yeah. he just did I'm, that? I'm really interested in seeing where he is like week 10. He's had a few weeks under his belt. He knows he's in there for the season. Can he get in a rhythm beyond the, well, he's just got to be rusty because he hasn't played much. I want to see what could happen there. Well, this week I think is going to be the first sign of that because last week was the first week he got all the first team reps, came out against a good team, didn't play great, but didn't play bad, had a – had through three picks, but two of them were tip balls. One of them was on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think that every time Gardner Minshew has been given a chance where he is the guy, he's produced. Yeah. Every single time. So let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that too. Uh, other thing that happened this last week, the Browns beating the 49ers. Uh, you know, us living in Ohio and having experienced the pain that a lot of Browns fans go through. Now as a Dolphins fan, I'm a little – I have a little less – skin in the game than you being a Bengals fan but I thought it was pretty sweet that they won that one that's pretty cool the Browns defense is also legit Mm -hmm. that pass rush is ridiculous Miles Garrett is a man among boys freak athlete and the secondary Denzel Ward might be the most underrated corner in the league Mm -hmm. like he's just that good people don't even throw at him yeah they're just like oh he's over there okay never mind uh that game was weird the Niners went down first drive of the game and just stuck it in. Mm-hmm. And you were like, okay, this is how this yeah. is going to go. Yeah. Um, and then the rain started coming and Purdy started struggling. Then Debo Samuel got hurt. Yeah. And that made it worse. Then Christian McCaffrey got hurt. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, well, what's going on? And then the Browns got a little bit of life and they seemed to, to kind of rally a little bit. Uh, around P.J. Walker. I don't know what's going to happen there. I will say Deshaun Watson might be the biggest puss in the league right now. Whoa. He is about to miss his third straight game with the same injury that Derek Carr had. Derek Carr's was worse. Derek Carr did not miss a snap. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's like, I got guaranteed money, bro. Well, that's just what it is. Hundred percent, that's what it is. I they, don't think his teammates think, like him. So let's let's have a let's have a let's zoom out because I think this is a good time to to have this conversation. These enormous guarantee contracts. You look at Russell Wilson. You look at what's happening in Cleveland. Like I understand, you have to communicate the value and how much you prioritize, and every quarterback wants to have that title with the record. But here's the problem. You're really putting yourself in a committed place here. Well, there's only two quarterbacks in the league that have fully guaranteed contracts. Sure. <laughs> Excuse 
Bless you. Oh, goodness, that hurt. Um, you got Kirk Cousins, and you have Deshaun Watson. They're the only two fully guaranteed contracts in the league. Kirk Cousins has performed. You might not like Kirk Cousins if you're listening to this. You might think Kirk Cousins, but I would encourage you to yeah. go look at Kirk Cousins' career stats yeah. and see how they stack up against your favorite quarterbacks of all time. He probably is better. He's in the mix, yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins is a lot – he just goes out and performs. It's not fancy. He's not super likable. He kind of doesn't do great when the lights are the brightest. But overall, dude's really good. Yeah. Deshaun Watson is in a different – it's a different thing. The Browns making that decision is just – and they look. it looks even worse seeing how Baker's playing now in Tampa. <laughs> like, it looks even worse. They could have had Baker for $25, $30 million yeah. a year, not fully guaranteed for five years. And yeah. they've got Deshaun Watson, who doesn't seem interested in playing football. Yeah, and why, I don't know that I would be either if somebody said, hey – whether you play or not, we're paying you $50 million a year for the next five years. Thanks. <laughs> I think I'd probably be eating cheese Cholitos and nursing every injury, too. Like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take my money. Thanks. Appreciate you. It, it is interesting. But big shout-out to the Dog Pound Browns people pulling that off. Uh, let's talk about a tale of two quarterbacks. Okay. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's legit. We said it going into the draft this year. I thought he would be the number one pick because he fits what Frank Reich has yeah. always looked for in quarterbacks. The fact that they took Bryce Young blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And the Texans just had to be doing backflips. And what's crazy is then they get Will Anderson three picks later, who by DVOA is one of the best linebackers in the league as a rookie. Uh, C.J. Stroud threw his first interception of the year on his 200th pass attempt. C.J. Stroud has thrown for 300 yards in every single game of the year. I think this last week he finally did not eclipse 300 yards, but he had two touchdowns. The Texans are 3-2, and two, and of their two losses, one of them was a one-score game. Yeah. The defense is real. C.J. Stroud processes information unbelievably quickly. He understands defensive coverages. He knows what he's seeing, and again, it's one of the things that sets apart the greatest quarterbacks. He knows what he's not good at, and he doesn't try to do those things. Mm -hmm. it's Brock Purdy's the same way. Brock Purdy knows what he's not good at, and he doesn't try to do them. That's been the biggest difference that Tua has made this year, and it's had yes. the biggest impact. It's yes. super successful. Again, back to general life. Knowing what you're bad at is way more important than knowing what you're good at. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, let's keep it moving. Ryan Tannehill is out, so <laughs> we either have Malik Willis or Will Levis here. I mean, you, you from a hobby standpoint, I did purchase a couple lots that have me hoping that Malik Willis comes in and just has a week or two. Malik Willis, so last week when he came in, considering that he probably had 10 reps in practice all week, he didn't look horrific. Now, I will say this, he does not process information quickly so if he ends up being the starter um which i think is probably likely to happen mm -hmm. if I will levis so was gonna be the guy they would have elevated him to the number two to start but he hasn't been active for a game this year yeah. um he will be now he'll be the number two but with malik willis he really struggles with what he's seeing and it's not that he can't read it he just doesn't read it fast mm -hmm. 
and that means he's late on throws. So if it's a late throw over the middle, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. And I think we'll see that. But I also think that he's got a lot of athleticism and can run. I think he throws well on the run. Uh, I think they can mix in some play action stuff and some move in the pocket stuff and some read option stuff with Derrick Henry. They also have a, uh, the Spears kid, uh, the rookie, who's really flashed at running back this year. So uh, the the Titans are in a weird spot. It's not like Tannehill was playing well. He's the worst quarterback in the league by numbers so far this year. But he's a veteran presence, and the team respects him, and they trust him even when he's not playing well. Yeah. So we'll see. I think Vrabel probably ends up handing the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game for a while and yeah. throwing as little as possible. At this point, Derrick Henry's got like, man, come on. Yeah, he's, <laughs> my legs are going to die, coach. <laughs> so much. Uh, let's shift to baseball. Is that all right? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, playoffs, Phillies look. It's ridiculous what the Phillies They really are want it. They yeah. want it. Well, they're, and they're just one of the things that I think comes into play for. Oh, thanks, Alex. Guys, I'm going to tell you what's about to happen here i've been wanting these for since they announced them but we're about to eat some chick-fil-a and i got that pimento cheese hot honey <laughs> sandwich and i'm gonna shove it into my face holder in a little bit but back to the phillies um one of the things that i think baseball needs to address and we've seen it in both leagues so far giving the number one seeds a buy is not working very well because these mm. other teams yeah. are playing and they're getting hot and it's carrying over and then you're a team that sat for 10 days yeah, and this hot team comes in and you haven't played a competitive game of baseball in almost two weeks and they're just stomping you. Yeah. Um, the Phillies did that to the Braves uh, it, it, and now they're doing it to the Diamondbacks. I thought the Diamondbacks would put up a little bit more of a fight. It's a really young team. Remember we talked about them at the beginning of the year this year. I thought they could make a playoff push. Mm -hmm. I didn't anticipate them getting to the NLCS. Yeah. Uh, but Corbin Carroll's really good. The Front two starters for that team are really good. But the Phillies, Bryce Harper, I, I read a stat the other day, and it blew my mind. There are two players in the history of baseball that have 15 or more home runs in 50 or less playoff games. Babe Ruth and Bryce Harper. That's it. They're the only two on the list. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper is a really good player, but something, and he's always been a super competitive player, which is why a lot of people don't like him because he goes hard all the time. Um. But, man, when the playoffs start, a different gear yeah, kicks in for him. Intense. And he is just – he is on it. Yeah. So that team looks really good. Trey Turner's playing really well finally. Kyle Schwarber's playing well. Nick Castellanos is playing well. You know where you don't want to have an away game in the playoffs? Philadelphia. Philly, yeah, Ever. for sure. Any sport. <laughs> yeah. So now that the series shifts back to Arizona, maybe they can win a game or two. But I think the Phillies are going to be in yeah. the World Series. I think that's what happens. Let's head on down to Tejas, the Rangers and Astros. Everybody um, wants the Rangers to win. Everybody hates the Astros. Is that how long is it going to take for that change? No, ten years. I don't know that it'll ever change until all the people who were alive during yeah. that are dead. <laughs> uh, I think at least not affiliated with the organization, right? But, um, well, I mean, fan wise, yeah. Like uh, for fans, until all of us fans are dead. Now, I don't fall into that camp because I'm a firm believer that damn near every team in the league steals signs and communicates it somehow. It's it just, has been going you on get since caught forever, or you don't. Yeah. Um, the Rangers are up two nothing. They're playing well. Corey Seager is legit, guys. Corey Seager's rookie stuff is still really cheap. Yeah, and he's really good, and he's been really good for several years. Not a bad play. Uh, Evan Carter 
got called up with 10 games left in the season. And since he got called up and through the playoffs, he's batting almost 500. He's getting on base at like a 750 clip. And you know who else really is good still defense. really good? Jordan. Oh, Jordan is a monster. Yeah. Don't I don't know why teams pitch to him. Like yeah. I, I, it's just what's the point? He's gonna crush your soul. Yeah. Especially if you're dumb enough to roll a righty out against. And him. he's still cheap. Yeah. It's silly. You can get a PSA 10 Topps Chrome refractor or a pink one for yeah. 80 bucks, yeah. 70 bucks. He's, he's one of the three or four best hitters <laughs> yeah. in baseball. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, okay, so w- before we finish up here, I want to just kind of, we're not sounding the alarm, we're not in a panic, but we're starting to wonder, are some things happening in the hobby that haven't happened in more than a few years? Yeah, probably been 10, 11 years. Um, you and I were talking today, I was talking about the um, what I've noticed happening in like Facebook sales recently, and then you've been saying... Just even people hosting shows, there's some different conversations. People are a lot more nervous. So is it possible that the hobby itself is slowing down in like volume participation? Not just prices, but overall, is there a slowdown coming? Yeah, I think that I think that what I'm seeing, and it's about six shows in a row. So we're a month and a half of steadily decreasing foot traffic at shows. And this is the time of year where shows usually start getting busier because it's getting colder out there's not as much stuff going on on the weekends so that's happening and the other thing that that is concerning to me is that i'm seeing new people setting up at shows which is always a a good thing but they're people who aren't dealers these are people who have been customers for a long time and now they're setting up at shows and they're setting up stuff and they're pricing it through the roof and wondering why it's not selling. And it makes yeah. me concerned that these are people who are steadily getting to the point where they have overspent and now they're trying to recoup and they don't understand how to do it. When you see low end prices marked taking up a whole table at like two, three bucks. Yeah. Um, and they're 50 cent cards. Right. It's an issue. Yeah, and so between that and foot traffic, now the thing that's encouraging is prices aren't dropping. It's not like prices are where they dropping fifty percent like they did here right, about a year and a right. half ago. I think pricing has stabilized, but volume is slowing down. Uh, the last time we saw this that I remember seeing it was like two thousand fourteen fifteen. Um, there was a little bit of a boom, nowhere near the boom that we saw in 2019, 2020, 2021, but there was a little boom in like 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. um, and then we kind of saw that slow down, and then we saw the same kind of stagnation, and I think yeah. that's the right word. I think it's more of a stagnation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that Fanatics is able to drive more people into the hobby yeah, as they're doing. I things. agree because new collectors would be the catalyst to, to keep that moving. Correct. Um, I think we have people that have finally given up that are like the sneaker flipper. Yes. Like they realize that the quick dollar, it, it takes a lot more work to get there. Everyone learned how to comp. Everyone learned how to appropriately comp in the last couple of years. Um, and people are holding, like they're not moving at volume. You and I are happy to move things at a little bit of a discount at volume. We'd rather have speed, velocity, and sales. Yeah, 100%. But um, a lot of people are hanging on to that. So it's a really interesting thing. I don't think it's anything to be nervous about. And honestly, if you're a collector collector, this is great news. <laughs> oh, well, what, what does Warren Buffett say? Uh, when everybody else is fearful, 
that's the time to to buy. Yeah, uh, there are great buying opportunities, but I will say this: one of the things, and and I had this conversation with another friend who's a dealer uh, the other day. I am, extre- and you've seen it. You've seen me just say no to deals. Yeah. Um. I am extremely rigid in the way that I buy and the percentages that I buy at, and I'm that way because I don't want to get stuck holding the bag. I would encourage you if you are de- if you are a dealer to do the same thing. Yeah. Otherwise, you can find yourself in a situation where all of your spare dollars are tied up in inventory that you're going to have a hard time moving. Um, never spend more money on this hobby than you can afford to lose. That's really important. If you have a gambling problem, this is a terrible hobby to be in because you can justify in your head, well, I'm not playing cards. I'm not at the casino. I'm buying things that have some value. <laughs> some. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden, you're... 40 grand into credit card debt in breaks and you don't know what's going on. So that was just a little PSA. Yeah. We're not trying to say doom and gloom. We're just saying we honestly, I'd like a little bit of feedback. Uh, Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know. Are you seeing that? Yeah. Especially if you're not in the Ohio area, is this something more regionally happening? But we do have a lot of shows in this area and that could be part of it as well. Also just in general, there's an economic impact you know, that we kept being told was going to be felt more and more and more. Not that people aren't feeling it, right, with their day-to-day expenses. But I'm beginning to wonder if we're starting to see that actually play out a little further down the road than they expected. Well, and you made a you made a point earlier today when we were talking about this stuff as we were planning the episode. Um, every election cycle, and this I'm not going to be political, but just the reality is every election cycle, when when people start getting nervous that their team may lose, it messes with the economy in general. Everything just kind of, everybody's butthole puckers a little bit. Like, eee! Thank you for that visual, Gary. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> you, just pictured a butthole, you just pictured a butthole going, For eee! the record, that is not what I said <laughs> in our planning meeting today. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what happens over the winter. Um, I'm hoping that people have fire sales and I can buy up a lot of bulk. A yeah. lot, a lot, a lot of bulk. If you are a collector... Um, and you start to see that happening, tell people what you're looking for. Hey, I noticed that a lot of people seem to be getting out of the hobby. If you're interested in getting out, boom, boom, boom. Um, and you might you might be surprised the bite you get on that. But I don't know. I think this is a good place to put a pin in it. Sounds like a plan to me. This has been the Ball Car Show, the sports podcast. For the sports collector. Bye now. Peace. Peace.